Welcome back to Can You Put Me On Guest List. This week's guest is Graham Sahara. DJ, producer, label boss and compilation guru, Graham is one of the most well-known, respected and loved DJs and producers in Ibiza. Awarded Best Ibiza DJ 2015 by Ibiza Clubbing Guide Awards and Best Ibiza DJ 2017 by the DJ Awards, Graham is one of the longest-running resident DJs at Pasha Ibiza, where he played for the first time in 1998. He also manages many different labels, such as Do Not Sleep, Sleep, Moxie Music, Heavy House Society, his own label Seamless Recordings and many more. It's, it's like, right, it's not really so much as you're, when you're a resident, it's not, some, it's not about you. It's about the people on the floor who've like paid 50 bucks to get in there and they're paying big money for drinks. They want to be entertained. So it's not about my personal journey for the night. It's about them. In this episode, we cover many different topics, such as the role of a resident DJ, Pasha Ibiza, label management, moving to the island and having a family here, and a lot more. I had the pleasure to host the DJ Awards back in 2018 with Graham, which is where I got to know him more. We had so much fun, so I knew he'd be great to have on the podcast. Please remember to subscribe and share. And here's the show. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Yeah? Yeah, all good. How was your um, winter... M- I mean, we say winter months, but it doesn't actually feel like winter, does it? To me, it doesn't anyway. Nah, it's lovely here. It's great. I mean, even like in the darkest depth of winter, yeah, we had maybe a couple of days where it got below 10 degrees. That's it. Yeah, but now it's here. It's, like, it's still February for the last couple of weeks. I love it when it rains here and everyone like takes videos and stuff like it's raining, whereas in every other country it's like every other day, but we're like, wow, look at it's the rain. rain. It's a disaster. <laughs> Imagine you're doing a party and so people go, it's raining. Oh no, party. party. It's going to be a disaster because everyone's going to go, nah, we ain't coming out tonight. We're going to get wet. Tomorrow <laughs> it'll be dry. We'll go out then. <laughs> you know, and it's like, God, what would happen if it snowed? It'd be I like, know. utter like chaos. Have you ever seen it snow in Ibiza? <laughs> I have indeed. Yeah, quite a few times. Have you? Yeah, I've actually got my kids into the car and driven up. So, quick, get in the car, get in the car. We're going to go all the way up to Satalaya because that's the highest point on the island. So yeah. we're going to be able to see snow there. Oh, I bet that's so beautiful. It is. It's something to behold. I mean, I've even seen it on the beach in San An. Really? Which is kind of strange because obviously salt and yeah. snow don't go together well. But um, yeah, it's it has settled on the beach and it's 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 a sight to be seen. Well, I can imagine. Well, it's definitely not going to snow uh, sooner or later. No. To be no, it's not maybe one like it, is it? No, it's not. I'm surprised I'm not sunburnt already. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to be that long, you know. You, look how warm it is, and we're like end of February. I've been burnt in February before now. Have you? Yes. <laughs> that's, that's the joys of having pale, pasty skin and being a ginger. <laughs> Right, let's start from the beginning. So you came to Ibiza in 1997, the Indeed. age of 20, with a dream of becoming a DJ. Indeed I did. So what were your first jobs here on the island when you got here? <laughs> oh, God. No, I'm not going to start. Um, well, I got here and um, I walked around. I came over like a box of records, a bag of clothes, and just walked around for... Uh, 
about five days just walking around everywhere, like all around the in SVV, not the hotel, but the, the area. Yeah. And just walking around everywhere there saying, do you need a barman? Do you need a cook? Do you need a, a DJ or a waiter? Just so I could find some way of earning money and stay on the island. Could you speak any Spanish at this point? Hola. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Because were people, were bars hiring people that didn't speak Spanish that could only speak English at that point? Yes. I mean, there's there was a lot of Englishy bars or tourist bars, you know, so those are the ones that I sort of headed to first yeah. and then went over to San Juan and tried around there one day, went over on the bus uh, and then was coming back with all my records and couldn't find the bus stop back. So I walked from San Juan to San Raf before I found a, a, a <laughs> bus stop. I was horrendously burnt. I mean, really. Really bad. Oh my goodness. And then luckily after that, about a day later, I found a job in SVV in a place called Moby Dicks, okay. where I was DJing and doing the bar. Mm-hmm. So I did that for for the first season. And, and one of the guys who works there was friends with Mike and Claire from Manumission. So every Monday we'd go there. So I got to know them and then I got to know more and more people. And the, the plan was just to get to the island, find a job and get to know people. You know, it wasn't expecting, well, I literally came with not a clue. I didn't even have a hotel booked until my mum told me about two days before, book a hotel, please, so you've got somewhere to stay. I was literally booking a flight and just going to go, come go. Bye, right, bye, let's bye. do it. Let's sleep on the beach or something. <laughs> you know, I really was quite naive back then. And um, so, yeah, in the end, I found some work, just stayed the whole season and ended up the season working in a place called Mr. Toftoffs. Mr. Toftoffs. <laughs> in Escanar. Okay. And then from there... Went to start work in an after hours called Conga. Yeah. Where I spent quite a few years. And then from there, just got started playing in places like Barzuka, Bora Bora, the base bar when it first opened. And then obviously Svive when that opened. And then, yeah, just started doing guest spots here and there. Nice. Just the more people you get to know, the more you sort of yeah. in it to win it, you know. And then just, uh, yeah, eventually got to another place called Morgana, which is by the airport. If you come back at the airport and you're driving towards Beaver Town, you'll see like a derelict building. And that was that was a club, and I was there with the uh, with the Italian crew, which was quite strange because having a very young non-Spanish speaking English, English. Per- <laughs> person working for the Italians, and they all called me Graham Sada. Graham Sada. On the, on the poster, it would always say Graham Sada, S A R A instead of Sahara. So um, yeah, I've been called many names. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> it's just because obviously they've done it on the, on the phone. It's Sada. Actually, because it sounds quite good. I like it. I'm Sarah. Well, there was a DJ, it was a techno DJ back then called Sarah. Ah. Um, and it did cause confusion because they'd be like, ah, oh, Sarah or Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> what did your family say to you about you coming here at the beginning? Because 20 years is still really young. And especially if you were going without any hotel, nothing booked, nothing ready. What did everyone say to you? I just thought I was mad. <laughs> uh, you know, DJing wasn't a thing like it is now back then. Ibiza wasn't a thing like it is now back then. Yeah. You know, the, the year I came was uh, the year that Ibiza Uncovered happened, and that's sort of what projected it on a much bigger scale. Yeah. Sort of made the island blow up, which I suppose really lucky I came then. So I got my foot in the door with everybody before everyone came en masse looking for DJ work and the whole, like, sort of explosion of it. And they just thought I was nuts. Yeah. Absolutely bonkers. They thought, even all my mates thought I would be back within two weeks. Uh, but look. And uh, yeah, nearly, uh, I don't know, 23 years later, 23 I'm still here. years later, still here, still here. Do you think that young DJs still see Ibiza as the place to go to chase their dreams? Mm, I would think so, yes, but maybe not so much as maybe 20 odd years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, you've got places like Croatia now, which is, 
is very big competition for the island. Obviously, back then we had Iron Napa, but it was a different style. Um, but yeah, Kurosha is obviously grown in strength. And I think also um, it's almost like a, a culture thing where, you know, it's like it's 20 year, over 20 years for me here. And um, do kids these days who probably weren't even born when I first came to the island, do they <laughs> want to come and experience what their parents did or do they want to do their own thing? Uh-huh, you yeah, know? good way to look at it. So, you know, so if you've been in the, in the game for a long, long time, it's very hard to keep down with the kids because those are the people that keep out coming out and partying. Yeah, um, You know, true. when you were getting your 40s and your 50s, it's like, oh, mate, oh, I can't cope with the hangover. I can't do it, you know? So you've got to always look for, for younger people to come through. And so obviously, do they want to do exactly what their parents did? Maybe not all the time. So, yeah. you know, I think it has spread out a little bit, but then that's maybe just the Brits. You yeah. know, the Brits, it's been 30 years of Ibiza sort of, since the summer of love in 88. So they've had it, non-stop for that length of time whereas some people say from the states australia other yeah. parts of the globe well they haven't so for them yeah it's like whoa we're gonna go ibiza <laughs> you know yeah, it's gonna be really cool ibiza. so it's, it's cool for them to check out but you've got to have fresh people coming through which is why i suppose we have more americans every year because to mm-hmm. them it's super fresh exciting and it's world renowned so they've you know they they all want to come and experience it whereas the kids from um the uk and things maybe they'll go and hit up say some waves or somewhere like croatia or do yeah. a lot of festival tourism you know obviously they still come but maybe not maybe every single year like we were used to but there's let's face it it's still rammed every it year it's still rammed it is i guess as well internet and social media has changed all of this as well because now people don't have to physically be somewhere to network all the time you can kind of just do that online you can do Word of advice for people here. Um, Don't do it. <laughs> no, well, no, you can do, but the amount of messages I get from people I've never even met said, uh, yeah, can, uh, can, I, can I warm up for you? I'm like, I'm the warm-up. <laughs> uh, you can come and warm up to me for the empty club when it's closed. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? But you ain't going to get paid. It's like, what's going on? You know, it's, yeah. you've, gotta, you've still got to be physically there. You can get to know people a little bit if you've gone and met someone, you've been there, met someone, and then you keep in touch with them. That's, that, that is the good thing of, of social media. But hitting yeah. people cold calling, it's like, right, you get a cold caller from someone saying, right, we want to offer you car insurance. It's like, yeah, no, thanks. Yeah, okay, right. <laughs> yeah. Swiftly moving on, you know? Yeah. So you've, you, people have got to understand that. It's, it can be very good, but at the same point in time, uh, you've, got, you've got to understand that you've still got to have met someone first, you know? Yeah, definitely. When you started your residency, at Passion, also at KM5, which was back in 2001. Did they come about also because of people that you knew and people that you'd met and from what networking on the island? Yeah, 100%. Cool. Um, so when I was playing in the bass bar, when that first opened, the bar next door to that was called The Rock. Mm-hmm. It's still called The Rock now. And Vaughn, the promoter from The Funky Room, was involved in The Rock Bar. And so he could hear what, because back in the day, we used to be able to have music blaring out onto the terrace before the, the age of limiters. Oh. Yeah. So uh, I made sure he could hear what I was playing as well. Everybody else on the terrace, you know, crack it right up. <laughs> Probably why they got the limiters. Sorry, everyone. Um, <laughs> Graham Sarah's fault. <laughs> it's all my fault. So um, he, he could hear what I was playing. He was like, right, that's just, that, that's suitable for the funky room. So then he started to invite me down and, you know, and, and just had me in there and play more and more. And then eventually gave me like uh, the residency there. 
there and, and one of my neighbours happened to be the manager at Game 5 so he would come down and sunbathe in the garden and I would be practising on my decks in my room and he, he'd knock on my window because I was on the downstairs party and I'm like oh is it really loud he said no 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 turn it up I want to listen to it whilst I'm sunbathing I'm like Way. what a neighbour <laughs> what a neighbour neighbour big up Mino <laughs> yeah are you still friends now yes although he, he's left the island he's recently left the island unfortunately but um, yeah I mean I still keep in contact with him he's a, he's a good guy Aww. so um, your beginnings at Pasha did you say to me before that you started in which room the funky room you started in the funky room yeah the room. first time I played there was 98 Mm-hmm. where there was two DJs, Sean Campbell and Juan Rivas, who uh, went on to become the mayor of Ibiza. Oh, good. <laughs> I love it. I know. It's so random. Is this just, these things only happen in Ibiza. It's crazy. Um, and so, yeah, they let me on. Um, and Vaughn, they let me on have a session there in the 98. Then I would come back and come back and just like do little guest spots here and there. And, and eventually, um, yeah, just Vaughn said like, right, you're you're our new resident in, uh, in 2001. And here we are. And here we are <laughs> now. So as a resident, you must have played for so many different types of crowds, warmed up and closed for so many different DJs. DJs. How has being a resident helped you evolve as a DJ? It has been really good. It's it's an interesting kind of thing um, in terms of, of, of learning how to control the floor and understanding people get very sort of, oh, this is, oh you play commercial, you play this. It's like, right, there's good commercial tracks, there's shit commercial tracks. Oh, yeah. sorry, can I swear? You can swear. You can All say, right. We've had a lot worse on here. Do not worry. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> so, you know, there's good commercial tracks, bad commercial tracks. The same with underground. You know, there's good music, bad music. That's it. Yeah. You know, so it kind of understands. It's like, right, it's not about you. It's about the people on the floor who've, like paid 50 bucks to get in there and they're paying big money for drinks they want to be entertained so it's not about my personal journey for the night it's about them i uh, love that you said that that's yeah that's you know, cool so yeah. obviously i think right i'm starting so and so is after me that's the sound that they play because obviously people they're the headliner people are paying to see them they're yeah. not really paying to see the resident unfortunately yeah well we might have to change they that. will yeah but not in this you, they will but you know your headliner is the headliner yeah, for the reason you know yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's why people are paying most of the money so you've got to sort of think right we're going to start here for we've got no sound in the room whatsoever um and finish at that sound there so i can be on a sort of personal journey but it's got to be suitable to the crowd that are coming to see what the headline is going to play so it's got to be fitting with their vibe and not to uh, go overboard too early mm-hmm. and obviously people if you walk into a room and you walk in there and there's nobody in there and it's like bang 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 you'd be like what the the yeah, it's going, going on, on here yeah. you know so it's like creating a bit of ambience stuff and maybe just a bit of just, just chords or anything you know to start off with so you've got a bit of sound in the room warm up the speakers and the amplifiers and then you just build it and build it and build it and people just come in and start toe tapping and you know, people want to get a drink for a start. If you get them straight in, straight to the dance floor, hands in the air, non-stop, and have they spent any money? Well, if they've not spent any money, is the club going to be too chuffed with that? Yeah. Well, are you going to get booked back? Because if, say, I've got in there and people come and go to the bar and control the floor so they go to the bar, they spend money. Or you've had a person who's played, rocked it, fair play, but no one's no one's left the dance floor. Well, they've not earned any money. Who's getting rebooked? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. so there is method to my bizarre madness. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, yeah, be worried if people are walking out the front door, but at the same point in time, don't worry if they leave the floor because they might be going to go and get a drink, which is good for you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've never thought of it that way before. So it's good for a DJ to, to be a resident DJ because you learn so much about the crowd that you're playing to and the music you're playing, right? And the business of it all. Yeah, and the business, of course. You know, it's, it is a business at the end of the day. I mean, it's one thing to think, yeah, I love playing my star music and everything, but you've got to understand... 
you know, you've got a spot in a club where they have got to sell tickets, they've got to sell drinks to pay all the staff to rebook you so you can get paid. It is a business. Yeah. You know, so whilst you've got to try, you've got, it's, 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 it's balance, balancing out what you want to be able to do with what you can, you've, with what you've got to do. Yeah. You know, in terms of making everything work for the night. Um, and, it, and it's been, it's good for, for doing that. The only downside with being a resident is, Maybe having to play so many different styles mm-hmm. when I was um, like producing, playing so many different styles, and then you'd finish next day, get up and get into the studio, and you think, right, I'm going to make a track like that today because I was on that vibe last night. And then you go and play a different vibe, and the next day you open up the file again and think, no, I'm going to change it to this vibe because I was doing that vibe last night. And then it gets very, very difficult. A bit confusing. Be- yeah, yeah, because you're always making different styles and just basically never finishing everything because you're making this, just changing <laughs> what you've done from the night before. Yeah, so, makes sense. So, you know, it's, it can be quite tricky that to define a sound that is you mm-hmm. so whilst it can be good to be the resident it can be quite hard to push it to the next level to define your sound unless you're really strict with saying i will only do this but then if you've only got a few months to make any money and you're only going to do one sound it does kind of cut you off a little bit yeah um and you will get pigeonholed but maybe you can push it to the next level but otherwise you just become sort of the resident which is great but then it's quite difficult to push it a little bit further yeah. if you know what i mean there's not many people that uh club residents here that I could say have really gone on to forge a good production-based touring schedule, really. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So you've been there for for around 20 years at Pasha. You must have seen everything you must have loads of stories i've got a lot of stories <laughs> <laughs> i thought i'd save some for my book <laughs> yes please what an amazing book that would be there might have to be a lot of name changes in there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to avoid divorces and getting sued and all sorts <laughs> um, but now i mean i've seen it's, it's been mad i mean back in the in, in the day in the funky room for example like a tiny tiny little room would be the would be the last room in the club to close yeah like the main room is cleared all the all the lights are on and we're still going at eight o'clock in the morning people like uh puff daddy we got shakira all these uh, keith richards all these people come up there because it'd be very wow. chilled yeah a good time and everyone be like even jk um and they do everyone just enjoys it up there yeah uh, yeah, yeah and it yeah. used to be a place where all the all the djs like louis vega kenny doe all they'd all come they'd all want to jump on the decks all play for free just have a good laugh it was that kind it was that kind of thing you know it's obviously changed a little bit now because it's so much about the headliner in the main room which is the, 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 the case in every club these days. It's all about the main room. So the side room kind of gets a little bit overlooked, which is something I'm, uh, I'm working on changing. Lovely, um, love that. You know, because then it becomes focused on one room, and, you know, and then it's very difficult to fill all the other rooms um, without a lot of hype. So, you yeah. know, we're going to work on that for this yeah, year. Yeah, cool. If you could relive a year in Ibiza, what, which year would it be? Ooh... One of the early years, because I probably can't remember much of it. <laughs> it good to remind me what I did. Luckily, we had no social media for that either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might not still be there now if there was. <laughs> Graham, you would be. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Do you think that your career so far is what you dreamt of when you came here when you were 20 years old? If I'd have told myself when I came here, you'd still be here now. You've achieved all that I've achieved. I'd have been like, you're taking the fucking piss. (laughs) I would be amazed, to be honest. If you could give yourself, your 20-year-old self, some advice about the music industry, what would it be? Uh... 
Um, Something just went through your mind. Yes, key, the key to networking. <laughs> <laughs> Literal keys. Um, um, yeah, no. It's all about being in it to win it. You've yeah. got to be in it to win it. You got. You did. No one's going to knock on your front door and say, "Hey, do you want a gig, mate?" Because I will have already beat you to it. Because I'll have been in the club the night before and spoke to him and got that gig before yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it. That's all. It's all it is. The music industry. It's who you know. People can get really jealous. Oh, but why is they doing so well? It's like, well, mate, because they've they've been grafting it. I move. I move. I make moves. Yes. Yeah. If you don't make the moves, you ain't gonna get no grooves. Yeah. Ah, nice. <laughs> did you just make that up on the spot? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start rapping soon. Yeah. Go on then. <laughs> Curly paper. <laughs> you also manage a lot of labels, which are presently do not sleep, mm -hmm. rival club, <laughs> uh, Cuckoo Land Ibiza, rival club. <laughs> then we've got um, Darius Rossian's Moxie Music. Then we've got Sydney Charles's Heavy House Society. Um, then I'm just taking on actually uh, Marty and Luca Donatelli's uh, wow. wow yeah rival club <laughs> um, and then what else was there Seb Zito's Seven Dials uh -huh. uh, then I've got my own label uh, Seamless and there's a couple of other catalogues that, uh, that I own uh, with my partner Woot Records and Kinky Vinyl uh, so it's quite a lot I'm probably forgetting one or two that is a lot. That oh, is yes, another one for Igor. Igor's just starting one, so I'm going to help him out with that one as well. Mm -hmm. uh, Paradolia. That's not a rival club. <laughs> rival radio. Rival radio. <laughs> um, so, yes, I mean, there's, there's a lot, but it's, it's something I really enjoy. It's kind of... Uh, and getting a bit older so I don't want to be out in the clubs every single night yeah uh, so I'm trying to have a little bit of a change myself yeah nice when did you because when did your label start uh, well I mean Seamless uh, when my partner started it back over 20 years ago and then um, uh, with, with Bar Grooves which then sold to Simon Dunmore Mm -hmm. and, and at that point, and that's when I came on board and we created Seamless and that was 2008. Mm -hmm. So you've always been pretty involved with, with labels and managing labels. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we did a lot of compilations for a lot of, um, a lot of brands, a lot of, uh, venues like Pura Beach. Uh, in Mallorca, Ocean Beach, or O Beach, we say, rival club. It's changed so many names, hasn't it? Ocean yes. Beach, O Beach, there's had a couple. Can't keep up. Can't keep um, up. You know, and then like with brands like Crash, Flying Circus, places like that. So it's just a lot of compilations. Obviously, like I said before, is uh, the compilation business has, has, has changed dramatically now with the uh, the age of digital and streaming and SoundCloud and Spotify. People, the way can people consume their music has changed dramatically. So yeah. it's just. Um, it's been interesting, but it's obviously something I've always uh, followed and found enjoyable. So, For people that don't know, what does a label manager's job consist of exactly? <laughs> I've got to be careful. We've got to make sure there's a lot of uh, notes here. <laughs> 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 make me seem I'm worth it. <laughs> um, right. Well, I mean, basically, I, w I would work with the label owner. So let's use like a, an artist like uh, Sydney Charles, for an example. So Sydney, he goes, right, I like this track. Uh, I want to sign it. Okay, cool. Put me in touch with the artist. Then I sort out all the contracts. Um, then make sure we get all the artwork coordinated with the artist. Make sure it's all spelt correctly. Then sort all the, the back end out. We're getting it released. Did you say to make sure it was all spelt correctly? Spelt correctly, yeah, because it's quite difficult. Um, sometimes people like if they have a space in there, it's got that's got to have a capital letter. No, that's a lowercase, etc. Yeah, okay. You know, people get really anal about these things. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it's their artist name, but it can be quite tricky. Some people do make it tricky. 
cooking nowadays, though, don't Especially they? Especially people who are removing... caps locks, little, you know. And then you've got people who are removing vowels. It's like, how on earth am I supposed to say that on the radio? Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> That's happened to me so many times. So and I'm like, I'm going to look like an idiot now because I don't know I've what you're trying to say. I've been pulled up by managers said, oh, it's great, but you said the artist's name wrong. I said, well, you took all the vowels out. What I am know. I supposed to say? I know, I know. <laughs> and then I feel really stupid asking, but then I'm like... I'm sure other people have asked. I'm sure I'm not the only one that said it. I think it was, are they called another? A- oh, you have to say what? <laughs> I said, no, it's not. I did a podcast I did, yeah, with Pioneer. I, did, I had them on the radio and I kept calling them a notra. So did I. I was like, today we've got this another. And then they were like, another. And I was like, oh, another. <laughs> yeah, that, I felt like a right burke when me they told too. me that. They me sent too. me a voice note. And there's, a, there's another girl actually that... Um, she's Irish she's a really good DJ I actually had to uh, voice note a friend of mine said look can you do me a favour I've got to try and pronounce this girl's name and she's Irish uh, and I think it's Sh- oh, I'm going to embarrass myself Shirsi so, sorry say it again Shirsi it's hard it's an Irish name I actually name think I know who you're talking it's about it's written in Irish and it's, uh, I had to get a voice note and, uh, and I was trying to record it and they, my friend was listening and laughing um, you know, you, you can struggle with these names. So obviously trying to get these people's names right on their artworks and making sure everything's done with the promotion and ensuring, um, you know, when you're doing radio plays and things like that, people want their names said right. So label manager has got to get that sorted as well. Yeah. Um, you know, sorting out publishing, doing all the distribution, um, promotion, making sure everything's registered properly. So if it does get played on radio, then they get their money, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's a lot of back-end sort of things that... You know, people think, right, we just release a record. There's the artwork. There you go. Nah. Um, nah, it doesn't really work like that. There's a lot more. It's an art form to it. Um, and it is kind of a, a bit of a game of numbers as well. But, um, yeah, there's, there, there's uh, a lot of coordination. It's being coordinated. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have been so good at that 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but you are now. I'm good now. I'm good for that. Good. Um, since you came to Ibiza, I believe you've never moved back to the UK. Nah. Now you have a family here, you're married, you have your children here. How is um, bringing children up here in Ibiza? It's quite interesting, actually. I mean, it's I quite like it, um, although I haven't done it anywhere else Yeah. <laughs> to, to compare with. But I quite like it just because uh, the kids in the school, obviously, I, I've grown up almost with a lot of these parents now, you know? Yeah. Uh, grown up from a party kind of thing. We've all got on very well for many, many, many years. And, um, but obviously, there's so many. It's such a cosmopolitan island. There's so many people from around the globe here. So you can go to the, to the parents' meeting and you'll have, say... 25 people in the class. There'll be 10 who are Ubisenko, you've got another five who are Spanish, then you've got a German, a Dutch, English, an Italian. Nice. And you're so cosmopolitan. So they don't get a sort of stereotypical, almost uh, one nation brainwashing kind of thing. It's just like they've been so they'd like that. Yeah. You know, it's not, oh, that's, oh, Oh, the, the, you've got a stereotype of like a German person or, or an Italian or anything like that. You know, it's just, that's just how they are. So they don't grow up with that kind of stereotype kind of way. And they yeah. just don't. They just don't see it. Yeah, you know, yeah. which is really cool. I really like that because uh, you know we're all one, one love, one world. We are. We're all European. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, maybe not all. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but. Well, being as their mum's Colombian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, makes um, sense. 
but you know it's like we, we grow up in that kind of thing where we're all human we're all not you know so we don't have that whole country yeah. stereotypical thing which we when i go back to the uk i think whoa it feels weird around here yeah do you know what <laughs> i went to spanish school because i moved here when when i was 12 years old as well and i honestly think it was one of the best things that my parents could have ever done because the same just as you said everybody in my class is from a different country and it was just so nice like learning about different cultures and like hearing different languages while you're in class there was even one year I think when I was like 15 well this is I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing but there was not even one Spanish person in my class at a Spanish school we were Italian English German Chinese Japanese Russian and yeah it's really nice to grow up like that I think so Um, you know it just makes you feel very international and obviously then maybe Coming from here, I mean, um, some friends of mine, they've got an older child and like, um, you know, it's not it's not a big, massive island. So what are they going to do for jobs? So when they get older, maybe they'll go to Barcelona, go to university or things like that. But then also they've also got friends who, whose parents have come from around the world. So maybe they've gone back to Holland or they've gone to L.A. or they've gone here. So they've now got friends all around the globe, yeah. which is kind of rather than having a friend five minutes around the corner. These people can go, you know, kids can go and fly around. I'm going to go stay with my mate over here. I'm going to go oh, stay with my mate. Nice. They can just, it just makes the world so much smaller for them. Definitely. Definitely. And maybe because they speak so many languages here as well. Yeah. You know, some of my kids seem to be obviously English, Catalan, uh, Spanish, uh, working on getting some other languages as well. But imagine like my friend uh, Martin, he's, he's Dutch, he's, he's, uh, his ex is, is Brazilian. So obviously now he's got Portuguese, Dutch, English, wow. Spanish, Catalan. Now you start being very multilingual, well, that opens up a lot of doors for you in, this, in, the, in the new world. So, Definitely. you know, it, then you can fly around the globe and meet people that you've grown up with. So you're really good mates with and you can be all around the globe and communicate with everybody. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a really massive plus. And on top of that, what a beautiful place for them to grow yeah, up. Yeah, it's great. I mean, next to the sea, everything that's going on, like, it's just gorgeous. It is cool. I mean, a lot of people bring up maybe issues of the, the whole party thing of the summer. But I mean, I know a lot of my friends who've, who've grown up here and yeah, some, some drink and party and some don't. Yeah. Do you, you know, know it doesn't really make that much, much of a difference. You could be, and you don't get a lot of crime here or maybe a bit more recently with the influx of money, but it's still not like, right, I'm going to go maybe, I don't know, I don't want to do down on anywhere, but some parts of maybe London or wherever you think, right, I'm not going to be worried about letting my kid out on the street till midnight. Yeah. yeah we yeah, just don't yeah, have yeah, those exactly. kind of issues here. Do you know what? Recently, I don't know who it was. I can't, I'm trying to think, but somebody, I said something about schools in Ibiza and someone went, what do you mean? There's actually schools in Ibiza. And I was like, yeah, it's actually a place where people live all year round. You know, it's not just what you think where you just yeah. come and go. What do you think we do? We just put a, like a, a padlock yeah. on it and stick that on at the okay, airport. Okay, bye, we'll be back <laughs> six months time. <laughs> I mean, but that's that's the beauty of it all. It's like in the winter, it's so chilled. We everyone gets to hang out with people. In the summer, you don't see anybody. You don't. You don't. You have you. You have say summer friends or whatever. Maybe it's like you have winter friends and summer friends. Um, but in the summer, you still work in loads. Yeah. So you know, trying to if you stay live here all year round, you've only got like five months to make twelve months money. You know, because there ain't so much money here in the winter unless you can. Um, earn it off the island during the winter so you know you've got very little time to make that money so you just work non-stop yeah like day night day night day night day night so how do you find that balance between your day life and night life i find it with a lot of coffee <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> to be the honest secret. a lot a strong coffee yeah um the swings it's it's intense 
Um, an aromatic. <laughs> it can be, but yeah, it's just intense, and then it's just beautiful in the winter. And you get to see all your mates that you just don't haven't seen for five months, and you get you, you maybe see them, and you be like, "Hey, how you doing? I'll have a shot with you, and I've got to go." That's yeah. it. You know, you don't so have true. much time because your work schedule and their work schedule, and it's just like yeah. yeah. And then in the winter, we've like right, let's get twenty people around for dinner. So nice. Sunday roasts, oh, walks, love lovely. Um, where do you think the best Sunday roast is in Ibiza, by the way? My gaff. Yeah? Oh, I love I'll making... be around on Sunday, 2pm. Oh, like a ritual in my gaff. <laughs> I, I love it. I take my time, get the laptop open, sit there, watch the football whilst oh, I'm cooking the roast. I have my little man... It's my, my second man cave is my kitchen. Oh. Uh, so the kids can be watching the TV and I can just have peace and quiet, watch football and cook. It's great. I love oh, it. So I just take nice. my whole time over it, especially now you get loads of games all afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Um, what are your plans for 2020 anything coming up um well i've got a few things in the pipeline mm -hmm. a few meetings scheduled because we're all getting on that whole vibe now uh where we're organizing what we're going to be doing in the summer i'll probably be doing quite a lot of similar things to last year whereas like places like cafe del mar uh and then pasha still unless there's been a change that i don't know <laughs> <laughs> um but not now i'll, I'll still be there He'll you'll still, you've done that done for 20 years there now <laughs> yeah. I'm sure Come that on. you'll still summer be there this year summer number 20 there we can't we've yeah. got to get through that um, what a special year 20 years yeah I know I mean some clubs don't even last that long let yeah, alone a resident residents amazing so yeah I'm, I'm really looking forward to that um, and then just like obviously the labels I want to get back into the studio do a lot more tracks now the kids are older and they don't sort of need lots of attention non-stop they can sort of go and join their mates or just do their own thing because yeah. it's obviously when they're about two or three it's a bit more difficult you know making sure they don't fall over knock anything over destroy anything hurt themselves you yeah. know you want to play with them spend time you know now they're sort of doing their own little thing mm -hmm. so that allows me a bit more time to be in the studio doing my own thing and uh, you know and just uh yeah, get back, not get back to how it was, but just move move forward in a, in a different direction. Yeah, nice. And finally, um, I ask everybody if they can give a guest list rule, seeing as this is called, can you put me on guest list? So what would your guest list rule be? <laughs> I've actually got a little post on Facebook where there's about four. <laughs> oh, you could give us four. Well, I've had lots. <laughs> the first one being, is Graham actually playing tonight? <laughs> um, you know, because you might have people that phone me up and go, uh, yeah, can you stick me on the guest list? It's like, are you coming to see me play? No. And I'm like, well, no, then. Well, why should I? <laughs> yeah. you know, all, all random people who hit me up on social media, like, can you put me on the guest list for Solomon? It's like, no, and I don't know who you are. They said, yeah, well, why don't you ask Solomon then? Well, I don't know him. Well, you don't know me either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, maybe just like, f when doing it, if you're going to ask someone to put you on the list, especially a DJ, find out if they're actually playing. Yeah. And, uh, and at least come and say thank you yeah. if they do do it. Because uh, actually turn up, yeah, always turn up. Always say thank you if they do do it because there's lots of people who say, oh, I didn't make it or I couldn't find you or this or that. It's like, well, I could have stuck a lot of other people on the guest list. Exactly. So yeah. uh, make it worthwhile that someone actually puts you on the guest list. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It was so nice to see you. So nice to chat to you. And uh, I hope we get to hang out more this summer. I know Likewise. it's hard. Well, but I'm, tr I'm trying to make it so I can have a bit more of a, a normal kind of life this time this year. So I don't just work day, night, day, night, day, night. Yeah. Yeah. But well, it's early days yet. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. I'll probably just <laughs> we'll say yes. In May. I'll, I'll just like, say Sorry. yes to absolutely everything again, and then just end up stressing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That's what I do. I'm like, yeah, I say yes to everything, and then I'm like, why have I taken everything on? Yeah. Well, that's because it's coming to the winter, and then in the winter you think, oh, thank God I did that. Yeah, definitely, hundred <laughs> percent. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you for asking me. Of course. See you soon. Bye.